never say die. Forty going on fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Scab Joel, otherwise known as Blake from Hobie. And I'm Josh, and watching Cinderella, a few things come to mind. Number one is if your shoes fall off when you run away, they are not a perfect fit. And two, if the prince does not recognize your face, but recognizes said shoe, he wasn't looking at your face. But since he didn't leave a bra behind, it's a good thing he's got a foot thing, too. (laughs) Uh, I came tonight prepared to talk about the big hair rock band, Cinderella. Am I wrong? No, we may take you up on that. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) Topical. For those of you that don't know, we have this is the final week of September where we have Blake from the History of Bad Ideas replacing Joel. Hello. It may be a one time thing, it may be a forever thing. You never know. I mean, (laughs) with Joel not being here, all I can say is you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> At least somebody's internet connection's messed up. Wait, wow. maybe it's mine. Oh, did, we, did I just effects. Skype out or something? Yeah, yes. you did. that was perfect. Oh, in the middle of a good joke too. That sucks. Well, it was a better Joel impression than anything any joke you could have had. So it's fine. No, but I made a Cinderella joke, like like an actual band Cinderella joke. That sucks. Aww. Do you yes, want us to go with, back in the conversation? Said, with Joel gone, you, it's it's a case of you don't know what you got till it's gone. That funny ruin now. Oh yeah, that was worth rolling it back for. It's a Cinderella joke. It's topical. It may not be funny, but it's topical. If you like awkward silences, you might like the shows on Geek Life Radio. Awkward silence you. (laughs) You'll find us at 12 noon on Saturdays. You'll also find the history of bad ideas, all things Transformers, the anime Trap House, HTML, all the things, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Schmorgishborg. Oh, we don't have Joel. Yeah, no funny. Boopity boopity boop. (laughs) There. That's it. That's it. You I it. It. That's it. Yep. I missed my funny noise cue. Oh, when Joel's not here, we finally find it. <laughs> oh, what was that, Blake? I, I missed my funny Joel sound cue, I guess, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think funny Joel sound is kind of a misnomer, but... So tell us a little bit about History of Bad Ideas, Blake. History of Bad Ideas. Sponsored by the Cincinnati Comic Expo, which was just this weekend, by the way, in Cincinnati. So uh, Jason, Jeff, and Jim, and intern Brian, we had a lot of fun with the uh, our our cross pollinating uh, Cinema Guys podcast. So we're coming fresh off of an exciting Comic Expo uh, weekend, which was really fun. Maybe someday you guys can come down and crash uh, that. But uh, History of Bad Ideas, not a history podcast, pop culture podcast uh, out of the uh, messed up brainchild of uh, Jason and uh, Jeff. I just show up and crack wise and do stupid stuff. And uh, we're on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, you know, Twitter, History of Bad Ideas, Facebook, all that social media. I think they shut us down on 4chan. I don't know. <laughs> you got kicked off of 4chan. <laughs> We were too radical for 4chan. Yeah, that, that's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much. It's, it's always a pleasure to, to meet you guys. I, and Gen Con was this past weekend, too. I I didn't get a chance to go to that either. Yeah, we, we skipped it this year. We're, we figure we'll start fresh next year, rested and rejuvenated with all the things that we said that we would do when we had time between games. So. Yeah, I, 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 you know, had a chance to go, but unfortunately I got a little under the weather and sick and I didn't go. And 
you guys weren't going to be there, so I said, screw it. Aw. We got we to gotta do a um, like a panel or something one year. Yeah, it'd be H- fun. History of Bad Ideas and 40 Going On 14 panel. Yeah. And the chairs caught on fire, and we're not sure how that <laughs> happened. That was... <laughs> and we could play Axis and Allies while we're hosting. Oh, Josh loves Axis and Allies. There you go. But risk is what he hates. Oh, Risk is what he hates, yes. Mm. Yeah, I have no problem with Axis and Allies. Okay. Or we could, oh, we could play Diplomacy. Oh, that'll be great. Because <laughs> that always ends well. <laughs> yeah, Either me or Josh are going to have to be the one running it. <laughs> we can't play in the same. I'm not playing friggin' Germany. <laughs> we cannot play in the same Diplomacy game together, Josh. Uh, and I, that's we found not out. true. I still have an unbroken 25-year streak of never having lied while playing Diplomacy. Well, that's all I do is lie when I play Diplomacy. <laughs> Now, the trick is, is sometimes what you think I said is not what I said, but I have never lied while playing Diplomacy. I had a friend in high school didn't talk to me for like four weeks after we played <laughs> Diplomacy once. After you backstabbed him? Oh, yeah. He went from six six armies to one in one turn. Ooh. Yeah. All cool. right. <clears throat> so if you're looking for more of our stuff, you can find us on uh, Google, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. We are on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, all those places that Blake talked talked about. He, we're all on those, too. As Pat likes to say, if you can't find us, you ain't trying hard enough because we're all over the place. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can also click the Join Us link to get into our Discord chat. And uh, lively conversations on that every week. What we were talking about this week. Yeah, I was going to say every day, really. Yeah. What were we talking about? Talking about food. A A lot of conversation about food. Oh, I picked up that sea salt and honeycomb toffee frozen custard, and I ate the whole damn thing. That's good stuff. But uh, we don't have any listener feedback this week, which makes up for the five weeks that we had from New Zealand. And uh, in that case, it's uh, about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. Is that how he does it? Yeah, pretty close. All right. So this week we're going with March 4th, 1950, the U.S. release of Disney's Cinderella. Awesome. So music. The top song in the land was Chattanoogie Shoeshine Boy by Red Foley, which held the number one spot for three months. Huh. huh. I can honestly say I do not know that song. <laughs> Against I the didn't other songs. On the top of the charts, <laughs> and I—they I, had some fun names, <laughs> but that was the only one I, you know, chose to put in here. But I listened to it, and it's actually a jaunty little song. But I mean, it you know. <laughs> a jaunty little song. Yeah, it was—it was kind of whatever. It's been covered by a bunch of people, including Sinatra. Really? Yep. Crazy. The Chattanooga Shoeshine Boy was that? Was that kind of like? Uh... Was it kind of like big band before? I mean, because this is nineteen fifty. I mean, what kind of style? It wasn't. Music it was, was, was kind of like kind of like um, early early country, a little a little bit of big band, a little bit of bluegrass and uh, country rooted. So yeah, it's it very very much kind of like um, you know the song uh, by Johnny Cash um, about that he sings about the shoe shine guys. Very similar in feel lyrics Get rhythm. and yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name. Thank you very much. I was gonna say, oh, okay. you know the one, the one that Johnny Cash does that one, a uh, shoe shine, fragging, fragging boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get rhythm. It's 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 similar to that. Oh, okay, that's a good song. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to look this one up. It's, I mean, like I said, it was, it was. I didn't regret listening to it, but I'm not gonna listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, so that was like on the Billboard 30 because you know they didn't have a hundred songs yet on the radio. Right. Uh, they had next? smaller radios that couldn't hold as many songs. Yeah. You are, you're 100% funnier than Joel already. 
Oh, well, I'm sorry, but, but for the next uh, bullet here, we're going to kill the funny. Going to bring it down a little. That's right. The sad story of the Carpenters. Officially signed by A&M Records in 1969. I see what you did there. <laughs> as Carpenters. Really? They signed the Carpenters as Carpenters? Well, they were as the Carpenters in their first, you know, when they were first signed. And then when, when A&M signed them, they dropped the V. Ah, I see. All right. So, Carpenters. It began on March 2nd when Karen Carpenter was born. Musical prodigy, she and her brother Richard produced a distinct soft musical style, combining her vocals with his harmonizing, arranging, and composition skills. During their 14-year career, the Carpenters recorded 10 albums, along with numerous singles and several television specials. They achieved major success with the hit singles Close to You and We've Only Just Begun, the duo's band brand of mel- melodic see i'm going into jason brigger mode now you're going melodic into the troll mode too so. <laughs> the duo's brand of melodic pop produced a record-breaking run of hit records on the american top 40 see they got up to 40 songs on the billboard there and adult contemporary charts and they became leading sellers in soft rock easy listening and adult contemporary music genres they had three number one singles and five number two singles on the billboard hot 100 and 15 number one hits on the adult contemporary chart, in addition to 12 top 10 singles. Richard suffered from addiction to pills, and Karen suffered from anorexia nervosa, which led to her death in 1983. Despite their struggles, they sold more than 90 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Hey, Blake. Yes. I I, I collect... uh... Pez dispensers. I have a Karen Carpenter Pez dispenser. No. Oh no! Yeah, but problem is it's broken. Every time you put the Pez in, it just pops right back out. Oh no! I got a Mama Cass one too. Ah. The, with the Pez gets that one stuck. Gets stuck. That's not as bad as the Jane Mansfield one. I lost that. <laughs> just missing the top. Yeah. <laughs> and the oh, Natalie Wood no. one. It comes. It comes in a glass of water. <laughs> Ooh. Did you hear they just sold Karen Carpenter's house not too long ago? Finally, it took so long because yeah. there was no kitchen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You guys got these lined up. I mean, it's just keeps coming. Tragic death. We are on it. <laughs> Tragic death. Perfect comedy material. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Ah, uh, Jerry Eubanks, born March 9, best known as the original saxophonist, keyboardist, and flautist for the Marshall Tucker Band. His flute and sax solos were a signature of the band and their songs like Can't You See and... Heard it in a love song. I love the I'm, Marshall Tucker band. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. I'm a yeah. big fan. If, if you're a flutist, how come it doesn't say flutist? Why does it say flautist? I don't know. but Yeah, I've correct, never questioned that's, it. That's the correct spelling, though. That's how, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it, they insert the A. Because you're playing the flute, but playing I guess the flute because, is called flouting? Well, I, I guess because maybe if you get rid of, once you get rid of the E, it just looks like flutist. <laughs> Are you a flutist? I hear Josh looking it up. I am absolutely looking it up. <laughs> Uh, it stems from the Italian influence in the music realm and does not appear to gain any traction in the literary world until 1860. Huh. Huh. And okay. 40 going on 14 podcasts. You'll learn something <laughs> new whether you want it to or not. And that note, let's move on to movies. The top movie in the land was, of course, Cinderella. I mean, duh. Yeah. 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 Not much to say about that. Well, aside we'll from plenty what... to say later. Yeah. Lots to say later. Uh, identical twin actors Matthew and Mitchell Lawrence, who were born Matthew and Mitchell Dykoff, were born on March 2nd. 
They began as young actors in a margarine commercial and later in an episode of Cop Rock. <laughs> Woo! Although Matthew was a performer on SNL for its sixth season, Mitchell also appeared in uncredited roles on the show for a few seasons and was an associate director and producer for the show. Matthew was in Eddie and the Cruisers and Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. He also had a role in Streets of Fire and he co-starred in Duet, Beverly Hills 90210, and 30-something. Mitchell appeared on Not Necessarily in the News, L.A. Law, Matlock, and Dawson's Creek. He also acted in TV movies, including The Almost Perfect Bank Robbery, Perfect Crime, To Love, Honor, and Deceive, Kiss and Tell, and Death in Small Doses, and in feature films such as Stepfather 2 and the Acronym of the Week, which is THTRTC, which I'm pretty what? sure stands for That Harpy That Ruined the Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> also known as my ex. <laughs> no, that is that is unfortunately the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, Really thought I had it that time. Yeah. You always you get close. You get close. We were I just. I mean, you talk- got the the right. Yeah. See, <laughs> one out of seven ain't bad. I guess Six? not. I don't. I can't math. We were just talking about Streets of Fire a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still haven't seen it. Great soundtrack. Amazing soundtrack. Mediocre movie, but fun. Mm-hmm. All right, and finally for movies, Timothy James. Kazarinsky, born on March 3rd, is an American actor and screenwriter best known as a cast member and writer, again, on Saturday Night Live, and for his role as Carl Sweetchuck in the Police Academy franchise. He also had parts in Married with Children, Early Edition, Curb Your Enthusiasm, What About Joan, Still Standing, and According to Jim. Sweetchuck. Which one is going to be one of those uh, 100% like, know, know him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm about to Google this dude. T- and I'm tiny little mousy him. dude with dark black hair and glasses. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. I know. Yeah, the real, the, yeah, the, the, the squeaky guy. voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they paired him up with um, Boone Hightower. Hightower, yeah. 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 Oh, man, there's oh, a show. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Like, there's even a joke in The Simpsons about him at one point. How many police academy like, Burn, uh, Burns at one point uh, chastises someone. He's like, wordplay is for hippies and Kazarinskis. Oh, jeez. <laughs> police academy movies. At least five. There are at least five. How many? Do they extend past 2000? Oh, That's my question. Interesting Interesting fact. He was the screenwriter for About Last Night. He wrote really? that movie. Yep. Huh. Hmm. I'm sure that came up when we did that show because we talked about About Last Night, if I recall. Yep. It was in a was it in a person show we did? No, we didn't do Rob Lowe. We didn't. Do... No, I'm pretty sure they remade about last night. I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, they did 100 percent with Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah, we de- we definitely did that show. Did we? Yeah, we did that show. Oh wow, I remember watching. Wait, not about last night. Did we do about last night? Yes, we did. So. God bless it, man. We got too many shows. Blake, do you guys have this problem? All the time. <laughs> Oh man, we, we 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 run out of topics for top fives. I mean, you can only how many top five lists can you make? Apparently, over four hundred. Right? There's so many. Like, and there's about once every two weeks, somebody on the chat on Discord will be like, "Hey, have you guys done a show about this?" And we'll be like, "Yeah, we did. Yeah. Did we? <laughs> no." Like the Starsky and Hutch show. I was just about to say the famous missing episode, Starsky See, and Hutch. See, I, I was all in for Starsky and Hutch. I was told I was going to do Starsky and Hutch. I'm like, I'm all in. We were kind and of excited about it, too. I was going to do Fantasy Island. No, I'm all in. And then you guys said Cinderella. And I'm like, I had told my wife, I said, I got I to gotta bone up on Cinderella. And she's like, what, the rock band? <laughs> I, said, I wish. So it all worked out for the best is what I'm hearing. <laughs> So I, yeah, I got the best of the best of the Hobie subs here, Cinderella. Oh man, holy cow! There are seven 
Police Academy movies. There's Police Academy, Police Academy 2, their first assignment, Back in Training, Citizens on Patrol, Assignment Miami Beach, City (laughs) Under Siege, and then the ever-popular Police Academy, Mission to Moscow. (laughs) But you're in luck, because they end in 1994. They do not cross over into the 2000s. Just wait until they start rebooting that series. Oh, I know, right? Wait, theme park attraction? The Police Academy stunt show? All right, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> You're on the sound get... effects microphone. <laughs> All right, TV, the top shows in the land were I Love Lucy, The $64,000 Question, and The Price is Right, and Texaco Star Theater. God, miss that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Also, the first successful American science fiction television show, Space Patrol, began on March 9th. It aired locally on a Los Angeles station as a 15-minute afternoon series about adventures in the 30th century. On December 30th, it was picked up nationally by ABC and ran for four seasons. Toss us in here about this also. It was the first TV show to experiment with 3D. They had a 3D episode, and everybody had to run to the store and buy something from uh, Purina. Ralston Purina. It was like the dog food. You had to get the 3D glasses from a can of dog food or something. Clean them (laughs) off, and then you can watch the movie. Yeah, and the whole time the dog's licking your face because you smell like food. It's all part of the effect. It was 3D in black and white? Apparently. Wow. It it had to have been bad. Oh, I'm sure it was awful. Well, you know, it's got to be pretty wild because they're going out to the 30th century mm. that's really far out now do you guys remember when uh sven Gulli did the 3d episode mm. no 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 i watched a lot of sven Gulli, but that doesn't ring a bell he did um a creature from the black lagoon in 3d and you had to go to 7-eleven and get the 3d glasses and that was like supposed to be the big thing that they were going to show creature from the black lagoon in 3d and i remember that because that was around the same time that domino's pizza showed up so we ordered Domino's Pizza for the first time ever and watched 3D TV for the first time ever, and both of it was terrible. <laughs> well, afternoon sucked. All right. So born March 10th, Aloma Wright is an American actress best known for her role as Laverne Roberts on the comedy series Scrubs. She was also on Days of Our Lives, Private Practice, and Suits. I'm sure. Is she still kicking? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I can I can never tell. I mean, when you when it starts out with somebody in this time, yep, I'm, she's still still doing fine. I'm yeah, over or day. under Betty White? Oh, she's got to be under. She's younger than Betty White. She has yeah. okay. Yeah, and Betty White was nineteen eighteen. She was born. No, she's not over a hundred. Well, yeah, she's in her nineties. If I recall. yeah, I think she's nineteen thirties is when she was. Well, she got to be pretty close. Let's see, uh, she was she's ninety nine. She was born in twenty two. Okay. Wow. wow. She was that old. She was born in Oak Park. Yeah. Is, uh, Chicago's Oak Park? Chicago's mm-hmm. Oak Park, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That was, yeah. It's referred to as uh, Acorn Park at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Joel. If you're listening, you're off the show. <laughs> See that? Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to sports. On March 7th, Franco Harris, NFL running back and a Hall of Fame enshrinee, was born in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Ooh, Steelers. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we got a guy that... uh, Anyway. All right. Also born March 7th, James Rodney J.R. Richard was a Major League Baseball pitcher for the Houston Astros from 1971 to 1980. 
Richard was selected by the Astros as the second overall pick in the first round of the 1969 amateur draft straight out of high school. After a breakout season in 1975, from 1976 to 1980, he was one of the premier pitchers in the majors, leading the National League twice in strikeouts, once in ERA, and three times in hits allowed per nine innings, winning at least 18 games each year. On July 30, 1980, Richard suffered a stroke and collapsed while playing a game of catch before an Astros game caused by a blood clot in his neck. His condition brought a sudden end to his major league career at the age of 30, and he ended up homeless in Houston until becoming a born-again pastor. That took a turn. Yeah. It's it's a real shame because he was, I mean, he was a dominant, dominant pitcher. He was... uh. He was about six foot six or six foot seven or something, giant of a man, and like, like <laughs> he was one of my father's favorites. You know, being a pitcher for the Astros and everything. Um, and my dad described like it was funny how often when people were gonna when when teams were gonna coming up to face him, he was gonna be the pitcher. How often batters would be like, oh, I I can't play today, I'm injured. <laughs> Because, I mean, he was a, a dominant pitcher who threw crazy fast fastballs, and he was known for not being a, not being afraid to hit a pitcher or to hit a batter if you got too close to the box. He was very <laughs> much one of the more aggressive pitchers of his day. Yeah. There's a, there's a famous picture of him. Um, actually, you know what? I'm, I'll put it in our chat, but just for those of you listening, there's a famous picture of him. You can find it pretty easily just by searching his name of him holding, I think, 11 baseballs in one hand. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was kind of like the pre-Randy Johnson. Yeah, Nolan exactly. Ryan. He, he was he was the Randy Johnson before Randy Johnson, exactly. Yeah. But only took one stroke to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I have seen that picture. Yep. All right, and then I got an, uh, as I do every now and then, I got a miscellaneous category because there were three things that I found while doing the research that were just way too interesting to not talk about. So here's your miscellaneous facts. Number one, Alaska and Hawaii were both granted statehood during this week. Oh. Uh, on March 8th of this week, the first Volkswagen van, the microbus, rolled off the assembly line in Wolfsburg, Germany. Ooh. And then this fact was the one that made me create this miscellaneous category for this week because this is just fascinating. Adam Rainier was the only person in recorded history to have been both a dwarf and a giant. At 19 years old, he was measured at 3 feet 7.9 inches tall. And by the time he reached 33, he had a dramatic growth spurt, likely as a result of a pituitary tumor, and had reached a height of 7 foot 2 inches. Wow. What? When he died on, on March 4th of this week, at the age of 51, he had reached a final height of 7 foot 8 inches. Yikes. Good God. Yeah. From 19 to 51, he grew 4 feet. Holy moly. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's probably my favorite fact of the entire this weekend. We, we can... Close it all down. I'm good. <laughs> that, um, for if, if, by the way, if there's any IGS fans listening, that is definitely going to be a question asked at IGS at some point. Something about Adam Rainier. For those of you that don't know, IGS means instant game show. <laughs> the game show that the 40 going on 14 team runs at Gen Con every year yep. and other, and other conventions. Wow. So how, what age did this guy live to? 51. 51 that's pretty impressive because you think if you hit such a growth spurt like that you know with your metabolism and everything you you figured he'd be you know passing away a heck of a lot earlier yeah, well i mean he was bedridden by the time he died oh yeah oh i'm sure probably a different bed though <laughs> <laughs> on that note play us off keyboard josh i was not prepared for this <laughs> what happened <laughs> i knew i'd throw you under the bus with that one Keyboard mic, anyone? Yeah, yeah, Shasha, yeah. That'll work. All right. <laughs>
So you got Segway music just like we do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, as we said, it was 1950, and Disney's Cinderella had just been released and hit the top. It was the popular thing. Um, As of right now, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 97 and an 80% fresh. From 97 is critics, 80% is fans. On that one, so guaranteed fresh. And I pulled, I, I pulled a favorite review from Rotten Tomatoes. So Archie said, "I liked it. There were some animals. I liked the ones pulling the chariot. I liked the prince. There was a castle. Mouse emoji." <laughs> Thank you, Archie. Thank you for your observational critique. <laughs> I know he was. He wasn't wrong on anything. You know, he was definitely uh, totally on on all that. So. Uh, so if you have not his, his review of Star Wars, uh, yeah, there was well, space and ships and some things blew up and you know and, and a brother kissed a sister. Pineapple emoji. Yeah, you know I'm I'm intrigued to go find more of Archie's reviews. In fact, he's next called, he's called Archie, Archie to the point. <laughs> so those of you that do not know, uh, Cinderella, when Cinderella's cruel stepmother prevents her from attending the royal ball, she gets some unexpected help from the lovable mice Gus and Jacques, and from her fairy godmother. Oh. That sums it up a lot. Uh, so here's the deal. Walt Disney had not had a hit since Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was in 1937. At the time, he was on the edge of bankruptcy, was over $4 million in debt, and his animators turned back to feature film production in 1948 after producing a bunch of little package films adapting, of course, as you would, Charles Perrault's Cendrillion into a motion picture. The production of this film was regarded as a major gamble on Disney's part at the cost of nearly $3 million in 1949, or uh, probably before that, 1948. Doubling their debt, right? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Disney insiders claim that if this movie had failed at the box office, that would have been the end of Disney. It turned out to be a spectacular hit, becoming the greatest critical and commercial hit for the studio since Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, as well as the first commercial hit since Song of the South in 1946. Trigger warning. <laughs> it uh, reversed the, stu- the studio's fortunes and uh, received overwhelming critical acclaim, including three Academy Award nominations, and became the third highest grossing film of 1950 behind King Solomon's Mines. And All About Eve, which True. if you if you have not seen All About Eve, it is Good a movie. yeah great uh, Betty Davis, um, George Sanders, Randy Stewart, just a bunch of great old uh, act- actors and actresses in that one. I think uh, Archie's review said uh, he liked it. There was a lot of Eve. <laughs> it seemed to be all about her. <laughs> so some uh, knowing that this is, comes from a fairy tale going all the way back to the 1700s the version of it that most people are familiar with is the Grimm's brothers fairy tales so i put in a couple of differences between what happens in disney's cinderella and what happens in the actual story yeah i didn't know this this was good you're gonna talk about the toes yeah i'm gonna talk about the toes man so uh uh, cinderella's nickname in the brothers Grimm was ashenputtel because she sleeps near the hearth where all the ashes gather there was no fairy godmother. Uh, all the magic came from the hazel tree that was above her mother's grave. And the hazel tree also grants her wish of a gold and silver dress and golden slippers, but had no deadline. So get your if you need to get your magic, don't go to a fairy godmother, go to a tree. There's no deadline on the magic then. There's no expiration date. Right. Uh, Cinderella's father is still alive, 
in the movie, but he really doesn't care about Cinderella too much. He's a deadbeat dad. Right. Uh, the Prince's Ball <laughs> takes place over the course of three days, and she goes back every day and sees the prince. So it's a little bit more intriguing because he's like, oh, where did she go? Oh, I like this girl. Oh, she's yeah. disappeared again. Yeah, it's, too. And it's German, so it's like an Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it was. It was like an Oktoberfest for the prince. Yeah. Uh, but the third day, instead of her losing the shoe on the stairs, the prince decided that he was going to put pitch. He put tar all over the stairs of the palace in order to catch her from going running away every night. It's like a giant flytrap. I know, right? It's like those mouse traps that I have in the basement. Uh, but unfortunately, all it did was catch her shoe. And then later, she Prince goes out looking for the girl who fits the shoe. And the stepsisters take drastic measures to make sure it fits. Pat, you want to you wanna do this one? You're so excited about it. Oh, no, go ahead. You're good. You're good. So the stepsisters decide that they're going to get their foot to fit in the shoe. So they cut off their toes and they cut off their heels to make themselves fit into the shoe. Yeah. Yeah, one cuts her toes and the other slices her heel. Yeah. Which which is metal as fuck. Yeah. Let's hear it for German. Marry a prince. I mean, come on. Right? I'd German children's stories. You'd cut off your toes to marry a prince. I'd cut off my toes to marry anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting about this is that people go to the uh, Grimm's uh, fairy tales version, but Charles Perrault wrote Cinderella like 100 years earlier. Mm -hmm. Like he's from the 1600s and... The uh, Brothers Grimm are uh, from 1812. Uh, people who don't know who Charles Perrault is uh, probably better known as uh, the writer behind Mother Goose. Like, the Brothers Grimm and Mother Goose are your two big titans of fairy tales. And yeah, all the Mother Goose stuff, that's that's Perrault's version. And they tend to be a little less hardcore than the uh, Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the other thing about the Grimm's fairy tales one is at the end, the stepsisters get their eyes poked out by Cinderella's bird friends. Man. I mean, can't say they didn't deserve it. I know, right? I see, I see Hitchcock's original uh, you know, inspiration here. <laughs> what if the birds were in a phone booth? <clears throat> uh, so this was directed by Clyde Geronimi, who did Sleeping Beauty, Peter Pan, and a bunch of the 1960s Marvel cartoons. So like the old Spider-Man and the old uh, Captain America ones. Uh, Wilfred Jackson, who did Sleeping Beauty, Peter Pan, and Lady and the Tramp. And then Hamilton Lusk, who did those along with Pinocchio. And my favorite day in school was when we would watch Donald Duck in Mathematic Land. Please tell me you guys remember that. Uh, no. I do not. What? No, Josh. I do not. Uh, my elementary school had like 40 kids for K through 8. Oh. We didn't have movies. We, we had an like, old reel-to-reel -reel of Sleepy Hollow for Halloween, and I think that was the movie for the entire school. Oh, jeez. No, it was like Donald Duck's talking about math and are talking about the perfect ratio, you know, the golden ratio, and it's got the one duck that has the, like, the professor duck with the glasses, talking about all the, talking about all the different mathematicians over the years, and it's good stuff. Listeners, if you have watched this, call in and tell them how awesome it was. Just saying. Um, Josh, as you had said, Mike, Mike, you do know that nobody ever calls in and says, "Yeah, Mike was right." That's not a crazy thing. I just want one person to come on and say, "Mike is right." This is I the went thing home after watching Math and Magic Land, and I played math. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, then we went out to hunting the turkey. turkey. God damn it. I have proved that there was an Atari game called Math. <laughs> we, yeah, my my youth sucks sometimes. <laughs> 
All right, so some writing credits. Like Josh said, this was written by Charles Perrault, who was the original classic. Uh, Charles Perrault uh, lived from 1628 to 1703. He was a French author and a member of the Académie de Français. He laid the foundations for a new literary genre, as Josh said, the fairy tale. Uh, he pulled uh, works derived from earlier folk tales. And in 1697, his book... Ooh, histories ou contes du temps passé. Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. I'm not going to call you out on that one. Uh, his best-known tales included Le Petit Chapon Rouge, which is Little Red Riding Hood, <clears throat> Cendrillon, Cinderella, Le Mat Chat ou Lerce, Puss in Boots. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Sleeping Beauty and Bluebeard. Yeah, if oh, I'd only scrolled fine. down a little bit in the show notes, I would have realized you were going to get to this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to stop you. You're so enthusiastic. Well, about I, it. it was one, Cinderella. Like it's been a long time. Which we'll we'll get to this in a second. It's been a long time since I've seen the movies, but it wasn't so long ago that I studied fairy tales. Mm-hmm. So this was something I actually had a little bit of an academic background. In. Ooh, nice. So this was written. By, the story by I'm just going to put this in here as if you are a fan of Disney, this is the first film to be worked on by all of not all nine of the legendary nine old men of the Walt Disney Animation Department, and these guys go go forward and these this is like every classic Disney movie, 101 Dalmatians, Sleeping Beauty, all those came from these guys. Yeah, there's a really good documentary on Disney history on Disney Plus that talked about the nine old men briefly. Cool. Did they talk about how they used to take the cells and throw them on the floor and ice skate on the cells around the around the room? That did not come up. Although, to be fair, if I recall, most of the documentary was about putting the park together, and the animation oh. was a sideline, at least of the episodes I watched. I don't know if I finished all of it. No, I, I, I just remember there was a uh, – I was listening to these guys because a lot of these cells now can go for mega bucks. And what's ironic about it is, is these guys, the animators, when they were done with the cells, they didn't have any value. So they'd throw them on the floor and they'd run around the room like they're ice skating on them and sliding around and playing with them. <laughs> In all honesty, I I completely believe that. That's yeah. <laughs> it's, What are you going to do with all this stuff? Oh, and no one's ever going to want this. Yeah, just throw it on the floor and then ice skate around on it. Wow. Like you're ice skating. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so the voices in this one, you've got Eileen Woods, who did the voice of Cinderella. She only has seven credits to her name across her career, including Endless Love, where she was the landlady and was uncredited. That was her final role. Uh, Eleanor Audley, the voice of Lady Tremaine, the evil stepmother, is also the voice of Maleficent. Uh, Verna Felton did the voice of Fairy Godmother, and she is also the voice of the female elephant in the Jungle Book and Eunice Slaghopal in the Flintstones, for all you Eunice Slaghopal fans out there. Uh, Claire Dubray, uh, she had in credit only, there was no voice attached to her name. I don't know what she did, but her fir- uh, the interesting thing about her is her first movie credit was in 1915. So that's nuts. Uh, Rhoda Williams did the voice of Drizella, the nasty stepsister. And it was all TV after this, doing shows including Dragnet and Barnaby Jones. Uh, James McDonald did the voice of Jacques, Gus, and Bruno. So the two mice and the dog. And he's interesting because he was listed as a roarer. So he did roars for Pete's Dragon, The Jungle Book, Dumbo, but still was also the voice of Chip from Chip and Dale. So they brought him in when they needed somebody to roar. 
Uh, Louis Van Ruten was a king and the Grand Duke, and he played, in 1944, he played Heinrich Himmler in a movie called The Hitler Gang. Yeah, it was a comedy. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> that, was, that was a slapstick comedy. Yeah. So Don Barclay did the voice of the Borman, the doorman, and he played a lot of town drunk and bartender roles across his career. But most of you know him as the Admiral Servant from Mary Poppins, the guy that was loading the cannon for the Admiral. Uh, Lucille Bliss did the voice of Anastasia, and she is all over the place on her career. She did the voices of mermaids from Peter Pan, voices on the original Space Ghost cartoon, voices in the animation of Lord of the Rings, The Secret of Nim. She was the voice of Smurfette, uh, was also on Ewoks, did some voices in Asterix animation, uh, did voices on Space Quest VI, the video game, Invader Zim, Avatar, and the video game Star Wars Bounty Hunter. It's a crime I don't already know who this woman is. I should. Wow. Right? Yeah. We should know this lady. I, I started I started going through her list and I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like she's took this and just ran with it for the rest of her life. So good on her. Uh Jeffrey Stone did a voices in this, uh, all for TV passes. He also was in the Californians, Death Valley Days, and some stuff in Outer Limits. Now, Prince Charming had two voices. Mike Douglas was the singing voice, and he played himself uh, on TV after this, most like like on Love Boat, where it's like, hey, it's TV's Mike Douglas. Uh, some interesting trivia on him is that you know how Elvis Presley shot the TV in his room at the Las Vegas Hilton? He was actually watching the Mike Douglas show at the time. Uh, later on, he apologized to Douglas about the incident, saying that he wasn't aiming for you. I just couldn't stand Robert Goulet. <laughs> Goulet. Like, I was like, okay, thank you. Uh, William did the voice of the talking prince, and uh, he was on McMillan and Wife, The Waltons, T.J. Hooker, and he was the narrator for the TV version conversion of Dune when they decided that putting the Dune movie on TV was a good idea. Oh, the TV version of Dune. Oh, not the sci-fi channel no, not the sci-fi channel. The, not not the movie Dune. There was a TV version of Dune. Oh, hmm. I, I missed that. Yeah, right. Seriously, uh, the voice of Lucifer the cat was done by June Foray, who also was the voice of Granny from Looney Tunes, uh, Magic to Dispel, and she did voices for Sonic the Hedgehog and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And the voice of M- Mouse was Thurl Ravenscroft, which is the most metal name you're going to get this week. Uh, he did the voice of Lethargian in the Phantom Tollbooth and was the Russian cat in Aristocrat, Aristocats. Uh, also did the voice of the dog in the Simpsons Tracy Ullman version, but everybody knows him as the actual singer of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Awesome. Yeah, and that name is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, also, at the final, Betty Lou Gerson, who is a narrator, was also the voice of Cruella DeVille. Yeah, that was a lot for the uh, for the cast, but there's so much career. Right, this was a career launcher for a lot of people, mm-hmm. yeah. and all the, a lot of these people just were like, "Hey, this Disney guy, I think he's got something going. I should stick with him." So, uh, some trivia on this one: Lucifer the cat was modeled after animator Ward Kimball's cat, a plump six-toed calico named Feetsy. To prepare for Cinderella, Kimball studied dozens of cats but had trouble coming up with an effective design for the villainous feline. 
One day, Walt Disney visited the animator's home to talk shop, and Feetzy persisted in brushing against Walt's legs throughout the conversation. Walt, who unfortunately was not fond of cats, finally declared, For gosh sakes, Kimball, there's your Lucifer right here. Uh, strong resemblance to the Cheshire Cat, or the forerunner mm-hmm. of the Cheshire Cat, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, it, I would I would agree with that. I saw that a design. lot of Cheshire Cat and Lucifer. I will also say that that cat was just a dick. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that was kind of the purpose, but still. like, I mean, that's the average for cats, right? Yeah. I knew one of you guys was going to have that kind of comment and screw you! I mean, not every cat, but I'm talking like yeah. I've had cats that were dicks. <laughs> They're basically roommates that don't pay rent. Mm-hmm. The baseline. I, I mean, the I baseline cats. for cats is you're kind of a dick. That, but that's that's not that's not true. I mean, a lot of cats are, but I mean, it's I mean, I haven't every cat I've ever had, other than Hobbs, has been friendly. Well, yeah, that's not saying like your cat personally is an asshole. Oh, I know. I'm just yeah, saying I'm not, like I'm not taking it personally. I'm just like I, I'm totally I, saying that all fat cats are assholes. Cats. I know you don't like cats. I love cats. No, I just can't don't. pet. Yes, I love cats. They just kill me. <laughs> I cannot pet a cat without dying. <laughs> Well, don't come to my house. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, th- this house would kill you. I, 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 and that's just the people. I have one cat, and between my mom and my sister, there are seven others. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. you would, I, you I would, would die if you walked I there. would die go, just driving down your block. <laughs> All right, so this is the first Disney film to have its songs published and copyrighted by the newly created Walt Disney Music Company. Before movie soundtracks became merchandisable, movie songs had little residual value to the film studio that owned them and were often sold off to established music companies to make sheet music. So there you go. Hmm. All right. While you were having that cat conversation, I was inspired to verify Ward Kimball's cat. He was the lead animator on Alice in Wonderland. So that makes sense. The cat was? That's a talented cat. Ward Kimball. So yeah, that cat. Cat was named Ward Kimball? Yeah, Ward Kimball's cat. So that, you know, the inspiration for Sleeping Beauty's cat and the Cheshire cat, because you can see the similarities in the, yep. in the movie. I agree with that 100%. Nice. So, because I, uh, I, I, I had the same thought. I was like, this looks like the same animator. Yeah. Yeah. So, Eileen. Makes sense because he probably was the same animator. Oh, yeah. He's on everything else. Eileen Woods, the voice of Cinderella, suffered from Alzheimer's disease in the later years of her life. Uh, going out on a positive note. Uh, during this time, she did not even remember that she had played Cinderella, but the nurses claimed that she was very much comforted by the song A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. That's cool. That's a touching story. Isn't it? I thought yeah. that was kind of like sad happy to end this out. So, yeah. You, you, know, you know the best part about Alzheimer's? Oh, my God. You get to hide your own Easter egg. <laughs> Yikes. I thought you were going to say you meet somebody new every day. Yep. Every meal is new. <laughs> I've never had this before. It's a grilled cheese, sir. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm I'm highly doubting this is the first viewing for any of us. It might only be the second for me. I, just... I would probably say I think this is actually the first time I've watched it in with intent and purpose from beginning to end in probably my adult lifetime yeah i i'm 100 with the same experience yeah i i watched it when i was younger but this is the first time i've watched it as an i have two daughters i have seen this movie so many times <laughs> yeah interesting In- little fact by the way um talking Ooh. to my mom about the show tonight uh this was the first movie that she ever saw in the theater when she hmm. was a kid cool. that's it that was all that's the end of that, that little, that's little, awesome yeah yeah, yeah cinderella was, was unfortunately <laughs> 
Cinderella was Sophie's favorite. And the one year that we went to Disney World, she was all about, she found out that she can meet Cinderella and she was like all about it. And she was maybe six years old. And she was like, I'm going to meet Cinderella. I'm going to meet Cinderella. I'm going to meet Cinderella. Everybody walking down the street, we're going to meet Cinderella. Da, da, da. I'm going to meet Cinderella all day. We go to meet Cinderella. We walk in the room, complete lockup. <laughs> I mean, she just, she just, she just like, like Cinderella, hi there. What's your name? And she goes, <sighs> Yeah, I find that very easy to believe, knowing knowing Sophie at six. Like I did. Oh, yeah. Now, knowing Katie, her older sister, Katie steps in and goes, she's very pleased to meet you. Can you sign the book? <laughs> and probably with that same inflection. She, mm-hmm. she was just kind of like, I'm just here along for this bullshit, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was Cinderella was Sophie's favorite Disney princess, and I'm not lying when I have seen this movie about 50 times. Wow. I've heard it multiple times when we had the DVD player in the car. Oh, and, of course. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of movies that I have heard, but I've never seen. I remember my opinion of this one because I it was one of the few Disney's that I did not rewatch. Is when I saw it as a kid, I was annoyed that it was mostly about the animals that weren't even part of the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, as an adult, I can appreciate you cut the animals in this movie's ten minutes. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I did make that comment to my wife. I was like, I hadn't seen this for probably more than at least 20, 30 years. And when I did, I'm like, you know, the Cinderella story is almost like a side quest <laughs> in this. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of the, a lot of uh, cat and mouse uh, games being played. Yeah. It seems, and, you know, it seems like it all takes, the hobbits in this movie are all animals. Yeah, exactly. It takes 20 minutes for them to get the key up the stairs. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, for for like someone who was supposed to be the pretty much comic relief, I found Gus to be just horribly annoying, not very funny at all. Like, Hold okay. your tongue! Oh my god! It just every every time he did anything, it was like always a big production that took five ten minutes. You know, it's like, dude, just just stop being annoying. See, that was my impression as a kid, but as an adult, I kind of found Gus and Jack charming. I like Jacques more than I liked Gus. I How like could you both. not like Gus? 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 Because he sucks, sucks, sucks. Oh. No. I, I mean, I don't really have that strong of an opinion on, but yeah, I just found him very, I just found him kind of annoying. I'm like, Ugh. well, it was kind of a, it was a kind of easy one hour, 18 minutes when we That's... compared to the, that other crappy movie. Yeah. But... When I saw the, the, the now was two hours. I was very uh, <laughs> disappointed for, for, for lack of a better word. I was like an hour and 18 minutes. Oh yeah, I can do this. Let's go. Boom. Yeah, it, typical Disney. I mean, you know, it's the you know flagship of a lot of their marketing and a lot of what they do. And you know, typical big strings bring you in. You know, large chorus. You know, song and music. And of course, you know, the animation at the time is still very, still very fluent. And I think, uh, you know, essentially, you know, it, surprising as an adult watching it, realizing how much time was spent on the mice and the cat. You know, I was almost sitting there thinking, wow, the, you know, the whole Cinderella story here, you know, cut all this out. It's going to be real bang, bang, you know, and it was. And you know what? Honestly, to tell you the truth, it was actually pretty refreshing. And I'm like, yeah, that's classic Disney. That's Disney flagship right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk about the animation and there's a lot of it did hold up. And I had mm-hmm. pleasant memories of the bippity boppity boo song. But there was one moment I didn't where... know that's where it came from. I've I've used that phrase a thousand times. What? And I'm like, oh my god, it's from Cinderella. Uh, the thing that struck me is that uh I always I never realized that the orcs going zug zug from Warcraft basically came from the mice and Cinderella. <laughs> that was, was 
there was that a was an uh, oh. oh sorry I'll say that was an that was a enlightenment to me also when the kids started watching that because cool. during college when I was playing Warcraft Zug Zug was just a thing and then hearing it the first time when they she was watching it I'm like wait a second the mice are orcs uh, back around uh, talking about the animation there is one moment where she's daydreaming about the prince where Cinderella looks stoned as fuck <laughs> it was so out of it like. I don't know if they were saving money on the frames they had to redraw, but it was very noticeable and it was for a good like seven seconds. I will tell you this. They were trying to save money on this one. I mean, because remember that Disney was in the hole for a whole bunch of money when they started doing this one. And they did a lot of um, uh, like having people act it out and then just tracing over it type of thing. So it wasn't so much they were animating it as they had the they had the scenes. And they were drawing from the scenes mm-hmm. just just to be able to get this movie out because this was like their this was their last chance to to make a movie to to make Disney survive type of thing. So they did. It did seem like they did cut some corners because they actually were. They were trying to save as much money as they could on the on the budget on this one. What was it? What did we say it was? Three million? Three million. Yeah. So, it would, you know, they're already in debt for four million. So they almost doubled their debt you know, banking on this movie and, you know, rest is history. I'm trying to think, what is it called? It's called, when things get more expensive, it's called what? Inflation. Inflation. <laughs> Inflation calculator. All right. 1950. Let's see. 1950. Three million, seven million. Three million. That's in 2021 dollars is 3.5 trillion. Oh my god. Damn. Uh, with a 1030 1035% in rate of inflation. That can't be. Are, Blake are it, you using They didn't spend the GDP of a giant country to make this movie. <laughs> in 1950s maybe they did. No, it, well, no that's I... what it would be worth back then. <laughs> yeah, I was using by I was using the 3.5 spending bill Congress wants to pass. <laughs> Do you realize how many Cinderellas we can make with this money? <laughs> you know how you know how we can improve this animation where she doesn't look stoned. Oh my god. We that's can add mis- more mice. <laughs> that's that seemed like a solution for a lot of things. Add more mice. Yeah, add more mice. Yeah, birds, yeah, birds. Get birds in there flying around. Yeah. Or you can make the other decision, cheap out on the mice. We'll mm. get back to that. Oh yeah. But no, I mean, Cinderella, I mean, it's when you go to Disney, the first thing you see is Cinderella's castle. It's like the anchor of all of Disney. That's this is the thing that saved him. Yeah. And there's a there's a city in China that has about 100 of those castles built like, you know, and it's just a band. They built like all Cinderella castles, like 80 of them in this giant city, expecting people to come all want to live in their own little Cinderella castle. That's in Turkey. Is it Turkey? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it yeah. Turkey, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. covered that story on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's empty. You got to go. Even it's like, literally hey, just a big abandoned ninety or something, you know, Disney castles. Because Ooh. one of them looks cool. All of them, Control C, Control V, right next to each other, <laughs> looks terrifying. Looks very weird. Yeah. What is this? Oh yeah, you looked it up. Yeah. 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 It's in 150 miles east of Istanbul, not yeah. Constantinople. Apparently, uh, some developer purchased it during uh, the beginning of the pandemic, and they have plans to do something with it. I don't know what. Paintball. (laughs) Giant miniature golf. Paintball. (laughs) Maximum golf. The balls are like 12 feet wide. Right. (laughs) That's insane. Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just a weird, weird place in the world. 
It's the weirdest tract housing I've ever seen in my life. That's nuts. <laughs> no, I mean, this holds a special place in my heart. I mean, my girls watched it. There was the, you know, they had the the Prince Charming, the whole thing. They Every song they sang along with. Yeah. You know, I got I, I, I like watching it. I love watching it because of the fact that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember them singing along to this. That's a great thing. I never really was a big Cinderella fan when I was a kid. Yeah, we went. We saw it when they came back to the theaters in the 80s and they had the new re-release and when they opened the vault. And Disney opens the vault and lets you have Cinderella on VHS one more time. Uh, we we bought it when I was a kid. Now that I think we gave that to Goodwill or something like that, but. I was more of a black hole fox and the hound type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched this with Sarah, and this was obviously a big thing for her as a kid. And uh, she was singing along with the songs. And yeah, like I said, second time ever watching it, it I did enhance the experience watching it with someone who loved it. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, going about the, just about the music, um, I will say that "Bippity Boppity" is a great song. I mean, it's just it's just a great song. It's fun. Um. I didn't put it. I didn't care for any of the other songs much, but that song is great. I didn't hate them. I just was. They were just kind of there. Yeah, a dream is a wish your heart makes is a tiny bit boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they had to. They had to put that in there. I think bippity boppity boo. While I was looking this up, I didn't put it in the um, um, trivia, but it has been covered by jeez. Everyone from Bando de Loa, who recorded it from an album, all the way to Helena Bottom Carter, who did it in the 2015 remake. I know that they uh, also, um, Sinatra covered it at one point also. It's Sinatra sang it. But it hit like it hit the charts right after it came out and was covered by a bunch of these these singers at the same time. So, And in a favorite line of uh, Italian Mafia, up your bippity with a rubber bippity. Hey. Oh. Hey. Yeah, the other the one scene where she's um two things I noticed during the one song that she was singing, the girls were the sisters were singing and she was singing, I can't remember the name of it when she was scrubbing the floor. Not oh, which she's harmonizing with herself in the bubbles. Yeah, what was that? Okay, yeah. I'm that glad was somebody really else. Cool. That was I thought really it, cool. it was a cool thing, but I was like, why are the bubbles harmonizing? I mean, it was a cool effect and all, but it didn't really make a whole lot of because sense. Because we just Her discussed it, because Cinderella was tripping balls through half this thing. <laughs> and then the other thing is, I was like, at one point, like, so she can hear the soundtrack herself? Because, like, they were singing a song and she was responding to the lyrics. Yeah, it was during music lessons. Yeah, they probably have been practicing that exact same song every day at the same time. So she probably knew it and could kind of hear it through the door. No, it's no, like, no. Boom. I'm talking about a, not not that song necessarily. It might have been the next song. I don't know. But there was a song where she was sitting on the bench and the soundtrack was singing its its own song. Like nobody in the story was singing. And she was like responding to the words of that song. Because it was the one we were talking about, you know, how, like, don't give up, or you're, you know, the, the things are going to get better, and, blah, and she's all like, I don't know how they could, and whatever, and I'm just like, so you can hear these people singing? Oh. Was yeah. that in the original? I could have sworn yeah. that was in the remake. Were you listening no, that to was the Dark original. Side of the Moon? That was the original, 100%, I swear to you. Oh. Were yeah. you at this time high, Patrick? No, I haven't smoked in two weeks, you know that. What? Yeah. We'll, talk. well maybe you don't, maybe I haven't, I don't know, whatever, but yeah. Anyway. But no, that was just weird. I was like, what? Well, maybe oh. she had her own internal soundtrack. Maybe that's it. I mean, well, it must, I, that, that kind of stuff happens in musicals, which this is obviously like a Rodgers and Hammerstein style big musical. <laughs> like characters in different parts of the world are singing the same song, even though they clearly can't hear each other. 
Yeah, it's that suspension of disbelief for music thing, I guess. Like, how do they all or, know the same dance steps and all that crap? Exactly. Or, like, how all the kids in Greece also have, like, professional dance backgrounds, apparently. Yeah, and, and <laughs> why did they fly off? What was that about? If you're going to talk about Greece, that's my... Why did the, the car of, fly away at the yeah, end? Yeah, at the end of the movie. Because it was because he actually went into a coma when he was surfing in Australia, and it's all a dream. <laughs> I've heard that actually before. Is, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a that's a stand. Yeah, that's this a, is all a fever dream. I think we've gone off topic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So when we come back, woo, get ready for it. Wait, we're what? not talking about this, are we? Do you want to? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I had some more notes. Okay, tell me your notes. Uh, one of the, one of the things I wrote down is ten seconds of dancing, and this is love. Yeah, love yeah, at first I mean, sight, man. Where the trope yeah. started, really. I mean, fairy yeah. tale. They don't start deconstructing it till you get to Frozen. <sighs> also, say- how long is a minute in this world? How far does she get by twelve oh one? That was ridiculous. Pretty far. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. slow clock. See, they didn't say midnight. They said by the time the clock strikes twelve. Yeah. And it takes like four minutes for the twelfth <laughs> bong to go. Right. Off. Like by the time you know it's twelve, it's way past twelve. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> was that the twelfth ring? Oh, it must be twelve thirty. Yeah, it was a loophole. She had plenty of time. Right. See? Yeah. And the, the bed trampoline scene between the king and his assistant guy was just stupid, where he's trying to assassinate the guy because the girl got away and for treason, and they're jumping on the bed. Like, like what, what's this bed made of? I don't know. Tram- I trampolines. It. You just said it. Yeah. This, this, this was Patrick's first cartoon, just in <laughs> case anyone was unaware. And... And put this in your head is that the voice of him and the and those two guys was done by the same guy. So when he was recording it, he was shouting at himself. Yeah. Uh, well. The... <laughs> anyway, and then the last note I have. The magic it, animation. It, this is something I actually looked up because it was bugging me so much, and I realized that it's kind of the, the core of the whole movie and everything. But like, seriously, why glass zipper, slippers? Why? What the fuck is that about? It could just be a regular shoe. It doesn't have to be glass. So I looked it all up, and you know why that happened? Do you know, Josh? Why? I can't recall. Basically, just a mistranslation. Supposed to be, it was supposed to be uh, some kind of fur. I think. Um, oh, what was it? Like, oh, I can't remember. Fur. Squir- squir- it was the shoes were made of squirrel fur in the original <laughs> writing. Yeah, and like, just somebody mistranslated the word for fur to glass. That's literally what happened. Interesting. I actually thought I'd forgotten that, but never knew it. Yeah. I just died for some reason. I had a vision of Cinderella walking around with two squirrels on her feet. Or just the tails <laughs> hanging back behind the shoes. <laughs> and she walks around, they're like, eeky, 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 eeky. <laughs> Would have to be more comfortable than glass. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, what a hell? horrible idea. That's why I was like, what is the point of this? And so I had to look it up. So uh, that's it. Well, okay, now we can move on. I, I, just thought it was, I just thought it was women's, you know, dedication to suffering to look good. Right. It was yeah. either those or the ones made out of molten lava. Yeah. All right, so wait, are we are we good, Pat? I'm just imagining a woman walking around in molten lava shoes, getting shorter and shorter. That that is oh, no wait, Which one is it? That's Sleeping Beauty. Well, glass slippers are a better aesthetic than big furry slippers. <laughs> she got away, but she looks so comfy. Like, like so, someone find the, the the princess that fits these Uggs. <laughs> she was sliding around on the dance floor like it was ice. See that's the thing, Pat. Is that like the when you're talking when I said like the molten shoes, Sleeping Beauty? The um, no, Sleeping Beauty's got Maleficent. Which one has the evil? There's another one with the evil stepsister, uh, Snow White or something like that, where they they put the evil mother's feet in cast like molten cast iron shoes and make her dance herself to death. That's Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> oh, no, it's got to be another one because 
That is 100% Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. It might, be Rumpel, might, might have been a, a trope. You never know. Hmm. But that, I mean, we need, I personally think we need to bring back the, hey, here's a, here's a fairy tale for you, kids. It's going to scare the shit out of you, but you're going to remember something. I think we need to bring those back. I want to see them do Cinderella where the sisters get their eyes pecked out by birds at the end. Uh, that would be quite a I would have taken that in the 2021 version. Like if those girls had gotten their eyes poked out at the end, I'd have been happy. Wow. In the 2021 version, I was poking my own eyes out. <laughs> uh, let's let's get back so you guys can shit all over it, and I will have to defend it by default. All right, we'll be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about the 2021 Amazon Prime and Sony Cinderella. All right, be back in a little bit. We are back, and we are going to talk about Cinderella 2021, currently on Amazon Prime. I refuse. You, you, you can't. What do you mean? You can't. I'm you, leaving. You, Bye. You, you can't disbelieve. That's not a thing. <laughs> you sat through it. You may as well get something out of it. You might as well fine. rant about it, man. That's fine. So currently, this is sitting at a 43%, 64% on, I almost said rooster teeth, on Rotten Tomatoes. Too high. And the uh, the review that I have here from Edward B. One day ago, I'm not even sure how to read this, but I, bro, so I've seen articles saying this version of Cinderella. Would, would you was, prefer I read it? Yeah, you do it, man. You do it. I'm not. I'm not going to like you, know, but I. I no, okay, no, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you can yeah, we'll 100% do it better than me. Yeah, I, bro. So I've seen an article saying this version of Cinderella was too woke. Nah, this movie ain't too woke for no one. It's just straight garbage. Like for real, bro. Straight dookie water. You expect the singing to be bussing, but nah, fam, it was straight trash, my boy. The, <laughs> my dog took a shit this morning, and the little noise he made while he was pushing it out sounded hella better than these people singing. But hey, if you like this movie, fuck it, bro. It's your life. <laughs> that's, that's no I feel personally review. attacked, and I'm not even sure I like the movie. I love that review. Oh my god, that's amazing! This is this has to be something we we need to do this every week because I'm going to look for Edward B for every movie that we have from now on. <laughs> he is becoming the official forty going on fourteen reviewer. Him right. and Edward. I, him, well, who was the first? Him guy? And Archie. Archie. Him yeah. Archie and Edward, our reviewers. You know, you know, it, it is kind of funny because you know, having to watch you guys have me watch this. I just want to say, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> This was I hate straight musicals to begin with. I hate musicals to begin with, but this was so painful. Oh, and it's kind of funny you found this Edward B. review because the first thing I did was go look at what score this movie got. And IMDb is like at 4.2 and it's yeah. trending down. <laughs> and you bring up reviews and there's like 10 one-star reviews to start out with. I just started reading them and started laughing. It's like, thank God I wasn't the only person who thought this way. It is... Uh... Not good. Uh, this is my so, two-word review. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I so, know. I know. This is a, a modern movie musical with a bold take on the classic fairy tale. Bold. Mm. Bold. Our ambitious heroine has a has big dreams, and with the help of her fab godmother, she perseveres to make them come true. I mean, honestly, and I'm not... I, I, it's obvious I'm going to shit all over this, but this movie was anything but bold, honestly. It really I, was. You know, I, I liked quite a bit of this movie, and I will not defend most of the decisions they made, especially with regards to the plot. Mm-hmm. But let's get through the cast, and, uh, and then we can start talking about 
Because there's a lot going on with There's a lot to talk about. Yep. All right. So this is directed and written by Kay Cannon. Now, Kay Cannon, if you do not know her, she has written for New Girl, 30 Rock, and did the movie Pitch Perfect 2. In her directing career, she has done Cockblockers. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I remember seeing the trailers and it looked kind of funny. It's not a bad writing resume. I mean, it really isn't. You know, I mean, mean, 30 Rock is, is a substantial comedy. So, Cockblocker stars Leslie Mann, John Cena, Ike Barinholtz, and Catherine Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for that and thinking that uh, uh, John Cena looked pretty funny in it. Yeah, this is the one where, like, the kids roofie their parents. I think that's the plot of this movie. It's like the kids want to go out and hit the yeah, town. the kids are all trying trying to get laid, and the parents find out, and they try to stop oh. them. And the kids are trying to still go in with the parents trying to stop them. So it's like a parents versus kids kind of thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. With John Cena. And John Cena's got, got chops for comedy. Uh, he really does. I'll say, I've, I have laughed at John Cena for I mean, multiple times and for multiple reasons. Yeah. All right, so this stars Camilla Cabello as Cinderella. She was also the lead singer of Fifth Harmony. And then she went solo and hit a number one hit with Havana. Yes, we. I remember we all were really impressed with her just in general because Havana was number <clears throat> was on the top ten one for one of our music shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I even picked that as my favorite song of all the twenty songs we had for that episode. I would probably yeah. not do that now in retrospect, <laughs> but at that point, I, that, no, I'm, I'm not saying because of this movie. I'm just saying that that song has kind of worn itself a little bit with me. But I really liked that song when I first heard it. Yeah, when we when we did a top ten show, that was that was a pretty good damn show, song. And she had genuine charisma. I would say both in that video and in this movie with the material she had to work with yeah i mean she's mm-hmm. she's got she's capable i mean she's got a good voice she's cute you know i mean she was not the problem with this movie i mean not the biggest problem let me put it that way yeah <laughs> there were definitely problems with this movie all right so also there's nicholas gal galazine it's really a galazine yeah i think it's galazine yeah so he plays prince robert so he was known for being the in the watcher in the woods and from tv he was in chambers and craft the legacy so i'm sorry the craft legacy so it's oh there's a there's a show for us the craft and the craft legacy i'm sure Pat would love that Adina Actually, Man- I didn't. I didn't hate the craft. I mean, it wasn't good. No, the craft was hated. Good. Yeah. No, Adina Menzel, who does Vivian, she does the voice of Elsa from Frozen, and she also is Adele Dazeem. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I, that, I know Patrick must have snuck this yep. one in there. Go ahead. You can you can explain it. Uh, well, I'm I'm blanking on his oh, John, name. John Travolta once John Travolta, an, when she was nominated for an Oscar for her work in Frozen, John Travolta was the one who introduced the the all the singers, all, all the oh, nominated God. songs, and he that's you he, said he, her he, name he, like he, that. Yeah, he that's what he said. Her name was Adele Dazeem. He Yeah, he was distracted uh, on the side. He was talking to Goldie Hawn. And apparently he's half distracted. He realizes, oh, shit, I got to go out. And he gets out there and they change the teleprompter on him. And I don't oh, know no. if you've ever heard him in interviews. He's not the sharpest crayon in the box to begin with. So he gets confused. Uh, they change the teleprompter to try to do phonetic spelling. Oh, no. Uh. And he knew her name was Adina Menzel, but he started to think, oh, no, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. And you so can he, just hear him and see him as he's saying it. He's like, I don't know if I'm fucking this up or not. Aww. And he called her Adele Dazeem. <laughs> the poor guy. I feel bad for him. 
And let's not, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. There were probably some kind of drugs involved too, because it was oh, the Oscars 100%. and everybody was partying. So. Oh yeah. Uh, this also has Pierce Brosnan as King Rowan. He was also known as Bond, average James Bond. <laughs> I kind of municipal liked him. Bond. Municipal Bond. Uh, Mini, Mini Driver, who we know for, as uh, Queen Beatrice, was from Gross Point Blank. Uh, the TV show The Riches, which if so you good. have not seen it. Are you backing me on this, Josh? Oh, I am. I, I, yeah. I wish I'd watched more. Yeah, oh, I watched the God. first season. I mean, Eddie yeah. Izzard is great. Eddie Izzard, Mini Driver, as a family who takes over the life of a family moving into a They're gated community. Ba- basically a bunch of gypsy con artists. Yeah, yeah they, pretty much. They, yeah, and they move into a McMansion in a really nice neighborhood and pose themselves as a wealthy family. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, yeah Eddie Izzard is amazing in it. Uh, and also Goodwill Hunting. Uh, Tallulah Grieve is Princess Gwen, who is... Am I high? Millie in between and flatmates. Some of the things she's been. Billy yeah, Porter. Yeah, she's a rising. She's a rising star. Yeah, she's getting there. She was all right. Uh, Billy Porter as the fabulous godmother, who's been an American Horror Story and is going to be the voice of Audrey Two in the re remake of Little Shop of Horrors. That's perfect casting. I yeah. Mean, here's one thing: is for a lot of the problems and suspect changes they made. I was all in when Billy Porter was on the screen just because he just had to show up and be himself. I will just spoiler alert right now tell you that was, in my opinion, the only good scene in the whole movie, the, the fairy godmother scene. And, and Sarah and I agreed it was the best. Like yeah. there was a lot of stuff that I liked, a lot of stuff that I didn't, especially when I was looking at, it's like, why did they spend no money on the CGI mouse? Did they not have a CGI budget? And then I saw the Billy Porter transformation. It's like, oh, that's where all the money went. That's where all the money went. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, and, and the way this way this movie's playing out, it it, it couldn't be anything other than a Billy Porter character doing the fabulous Godmother. Mm-hmm. And I found it, I found it very interesting. And I was wondering if it was his choice or not when, the, when they change it from fairy Godmother, he's like, mm, you're not calling me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it is kind of interesting because the, you know, the fabulous Godmother comes from the butterfly that just came from the caterpillar, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, the transformation that's, you know, that has a lot to do with uh, in H- Hispanic culture. So uh, yeah. All right. We, so we, we haven't even have... got through the cast yet. <laughs> I know. We haven't even well, finished. Maddie Bielo as one of the sisters is Malovia. She was also known for Hairspray Live and something called Dumplin'. Uh, Charlotte Spencer was Nerissa. She was something called Glue, The Living in the Dead. And she was the voice of Nettle from Watership Down, the remake that we did about two years ago. Good God. Yeah. May, may I say that uh, the only good thing out of this movie was I, I did kind of develop a kind of crush on the uh Narissa Charlotte Spencer. She reminded me of Pink. <laughs> kind hmm. of. I could see it. All right. Also we have uh this guy James Corden who does some late night show. So he and did a mouse. Known for being one of the worst humans on the planet. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say he is known for being an amazing asshole. I what actually a- scrolled down to make sure you didn't have this in the trivia. Uh whatever you don't like about this movie, you can blame James Corden. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was his idea. Uh, he originally wanted it to open with Cinderella working on dresses, singing nine to five. Mm-hmm. And and his role in it was horrible, too. Yep. Uh, he, he is definitely uh, like we can argue about what the best thing about the movie is. He is very clearly one of the worst. Yeah. Well, not even in this movie's period. Just in life. Yes. Yeah. All I mean, right. I, I, he's one of those people that I've literally never heard anything good about him from anybody. Like, 
he was in a pretty good episode of Doctor Who. That's the best thing I can say about James Corden. No, yeah. well, well, I'm, I mean like 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 outside of his body of work, just as a person, I've never heard anybody say anything good about. Him. Yeah, I, I, and, and that's not saying that I've never heard bad. I've only heard bad. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anybody say anything good about him. <clears throat> some some woman told a story uh, in his in his AMA on Reddit, which, by the way, if you get a chance, check it out. It's hysterical. Uh, you have to scroll down about nine times, nine pages before you can even find an, a question that they actually answered. Yikes. Yeah, because all the questions were like, hey, is it true that you're as big an asshole as everybody says? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard you're a dick. Yeah, and like people, people would be like, as the world's biggest asshole, I need your, I, I need your opinion on bidets, you know, things like that. Like, <laughs> it's all shit like that. It's like, oh my God, the guy just got roasted. But some woman told a story, and I'll tell this real quick. Uh, she was in first class, and she, she kind of got excited when James Corden came and sat across the aisle in the window seat across from her. She's like, oh, cool, a celebrity. And this woman comes in with a crying baby and sits right right next to him and she's like oh i've heard stories about him he's gonna lose his shit and he just puts his headphones in and doesn't say a word throughout the whole flight when they land and they're getting out this woman is holding her baby that's still crying cried for most of the flight she's trying to get the bag down and finally she just looks at Corden and snaps and goes could you at least hold your son for me so i can get the bags down (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah His his wife comes in with their baby and his and his response is put the headphones on ignore them. Good God! Yeah. Oh my God! Oh my yikes! Well, so James Corden's a dick, and he also <laughs> plays a mouse. Uh, James Acaster plays John. He was in something called Grave New World. Josh Mark Smith versus the people. Uh, give me a moment. Romish Ranganathan. Ranganathan, yeah, he's yeah he does the uh, he plays Romish. He's King Gary, the re- reluctant landlord, in something called Yonderland. Uh, Rob Beckett plays Thomas Cecil, and he was also in something called Meet the Richardsons. Real, real quick side note, those four names, uh, Corden, Acaster, Ramganathan, and Beckett, those guys are uh, well known for doing the uh, the talk show circuit in, in British television. They do all the panel shows and the comedian shows, and they're all stand-up comedians in UK. That's how okay. and that's how Corden knows them, and that's why they got these roles. Oh, gotcha. so they're probably all assholes then. No, no, actually, those other three guys are are great. They just, you know, when when somebody asks you if you want to be in a feature movie, you don't say no just because you don't like the dude. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say Romesh has got a pretty good uh, reputation. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like me, Joel, and Josh. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The setup was there. You're right. That was funny. It was good. All right. So Rob Beckett played Thomas Cecil. He was in something called Meet the Richardsons, but I said that already. Doc Brown is Town Crier, the split level up, and 101 Dalmatian Street, which is a uh, 101 Dalmatians cartoon that's out. Hmm. Uh, Luke Latchman plays Griff, and this is what he's known for. Just this. Fra Fee, that is his name. Fra Fee plays hench he was in les mis and he's in the new hawkeye tv show that's how I, that's how i like my cappuccinos frothy frothy <laughs> yeah i recognize this guy like he's an irish actor that's in a lot of period stuff yeah uh so uh, the trivia the queen song somebody to love also appears in another cinderella adaptation ella enchanted Minnie driver also appeared in ella enchanted as mandy the household fairy role if you'd like to watch another Cinderella-style story, go watch Ella Enchanted. Or Ever After. Or Oh, God, Ever After is fantastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idina Menzel plays a stepmother in this film. Coincidentally, she played Nancy Tremaine in Enchanted, who is named after Lady Tremaine, who is Cinderella's stepmother in the Disney adaptation. Okay. So there you go. 
Songs that are covered in this film include Perfect by Ed Sheeran, <clears throat> Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, You Gotta Be by Desiree, Shining Star by Earth, Wind, and Fire, Material Girl by Madonna, Seven Nation Army and the, by the White Stripes, and Let's Get Loud by Jennifer Lopez. You know, that, that, list sound, that list seems too short. Well, there were two original songs. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna be the, the one like uh, I'm gonna be the million or uh, like if, if there's one in a million I'm gonna be that that song is uh, one of the originals and I forget the other one but actually the originals were fairly decent in my opinion. Sure, but I <laughs> I, I kept getting so mad like stop ruining a bunch of my favorite songs. <laughs> Let I, me guess, I, you hated Moulin Rouge. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I okay, because that's the thing is Moulin Rouge. Uh, this tr- this tried mostly unsuccessfully to do Moulin Rouge, but uh, with Cinderella. And the thing that makes Moulin Rouge really interesting is it's a musical, but none of the songs are original. They're all pop songs, but they wrote the story around the song so they make sense. In this, they tried to do that a little bit, but you've got an existing story, which is how I got five minutes into the movie. I'm like, why are there angle grinders? What? Right? what? I have that in my notes. Yeah. 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 That whole opening, I was so annoyed with. I'm like, so I half the it. jobs in this town are just to do nothing productive, just wait for a flash mob? How does anybody climb a ladder if you have to flip 14 times before you get to it? Or, or, or look, the three guys just throwing dirt against a wall. That was a good one. Like, what? <laughs> and I hate rhythm names. Yeah. Oh, what? What? Uh, no. I, hate, I can't stand. Okay, Joel's that. back on the show. I can't. I can't back you on this, man. <laughs> yeah. Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. Yeah. You're, yeah, I was you're in the minority say. there. But I hated it in this movie. I hated the way they used it. One hundred percent. It was. It was definitely forced in there, and it did not belong there. And that's the thing is, like, I have. I was confused and like, holy crap, this is a mess. Where is it going? By the time I got to you, gotta be. I was like, okay, they're doing a Moulin Rouge thing. They're not doing it very well, but I get it. I get what they're going for here. Okay, I will back you up because when you said Moulin Rouge, I thought Le Mis, and I haven't seen Le Mis, but I own Moulin Rouge. I was, I, yeah, that, that is such a big uh, movie in my house that when I married Sarah, we ended up with two copies on DVD. Nice. It's a great movie. It really is. I completely back you on the whole idea that Moulin Rouge is built around the song because it totally is. And it's a fun, good time with great singers and good actors. Yes. I think is where it kind of that's where things kind of split here. This has some pretty competent singers who are singing songs that might not belong in the story, doing horrible choreography, and aside from Billy Porter and Camila Cabello, most of them can't act. See, I you know, despite you know, Blake, what you say, besides the fact that, you know, they were singing and all this, I love the fact I loved all the songs in this because they weren't talking. <laughs> I was going to say the only dialogue in this movie is to get you from the end of one song to the start of the next. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I swear to you, towards the end of the movie, I was getting really tired of that. (laughs) And and like when the one of the guys in the in in the prince's party said something about um, he was like, uh, nothing else matters. I literally in them in my room. Oh, my God. You same thing. I am with my headphones on. Nobody around. I just went, no, no. (laughs) I did the same thing. He said that. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. They're not going to do Metallica in the middle of this. Sully that. Oh man, I was I was so when he said that I just I mean it was just such a gut reaction just no. <laughs> Why would in, you do in, this? In the, in the dialogue in between where they're just trying to be funny 
It's horrible. Yeah. It's not funny at all either. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. the only quality acting I think in this entire movie was Minnie Driver giving her soliloquy about you know love and 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 all oh, that. That's yeah. that's it. That was pretty good. I did have some laugh out loud moments though. I I, I might be in the minority here, but uh, while I thought that especially the message was ham handed, uh, was so over the top fisted in there that it felt like a parody of the views that they were trying to push. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, not it, was good. it was so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So blatant, blatantly woke. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Was, it, wasn't... it was just trying way too hard to make sure that nobody could possibly take offense to a single thing that happened in this movie. See, And that's the thing is like, if they had played this off with a nink, a, a wink and a nod being like, yeah, we know we're being cheesy and stupid. Yeah, we get it. We're in on the joke, but everybody was a hundred percent in serious on this whole thing. And yeah. some of the scenes is like, did nobody tell them? Because uh, some of the choreography and the way they're moving around and the things they're saying are just bad. And there, I think almost every moment where I laughed out loud are things that felt like ad libs. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel like the script because the script was super stilted and awkward and bad. But yeah, there were occasional yeah, I, moments, side bits where I was laughing. Yeah, the, I, I will say I will agree with that too. Yeah, the only things that felt natural and funny were the things that were natural and funny. <laughs> yeah, and a hundred percent. I mean, for me, a hundred percent of the time, it was anything involving Pierce Brosnan and Minnie Driver. Oh, see, there were little off bits. Like uh, in general, I didn't have a whole lot of use for Malvolia, but when they're all comparing the guy, they're gonna try and. Uh, uh, marry Cinderella off to at the end and she's like I'm into it that cracked me up he okay that dude was a hundred percent like pedophile pervert oh yeah and it was interesting because aside from him they tried to make sure that there was no villains and I get what they're going for is like the system is making everybody the way they are it crushes their dreams and it makes them behave badly it's kind yeah. of how she wasn't an evil stepmother she was a stepmother with twisted desires because of what was going on the problem is, is the execution was poor and I mean when I say this this is going to sound like just an insensitive misogynistic rude I cannot thing comment, wait yeah like I had this thought during the movie, and I'm not saying this is a body shaming thing. I'm not saying this just just to be a dick or anything. But like, if you're gonna have a character in a movie that is that mean and that whatever and that self centered and that focused on like we need to get you married off and we need to find somebody rich to save our family and all that kind of crap, there's just no way that she's not gonna berate one of her daughters for being overweight like that. It's just, yeah. it's oh, just okay. I mean, no, that's that, no, that would be consistent with her character. Yeah, exactly. And, and that really bugged me. I'm like, you're gonna treat Camilla Cabello like crap even though she's you know this quote-unquote perfect looking woman and you got this daughter that you're trying to get somebody wealthy to marry off and you're just you're not going to allow your daughter to 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 be 200 pounds like she's from from the time that girl is a teenager till now she's going to have an eating disorder i mean that's just just the realism of it i mean if you're going to try and be realistic in all this crap and you're going to try and be all whatever but i mean it just made no sense that was just something that honestly just took me out of the movie. I'm like, this woman would not be nice to this girl. I mean, she no, just I mean, that's not. No, I agree character. with you. I 100 percent agree with you. Is that? But the thing was, like, by the end of the movie, she flips so easily to live your life, do what yeah, you need yeah. to do. Yeah, oh, exactly. I'd like to play piano. Blah she, blah blah. For as mean as a woman, I mean, if you're going to be the kind of woman that's going to throw ink on your stepdaughter and like, you know, let your your other daughters beat her up, you're not going to flip the switch that easily on oh now i'm a nice person and every you know blah 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 i mean i don't care if you want to say she's faking it because she's about to marry the prince or whatever she's just that's just not gonna happen mm-hmm. no i and you, you're right going back to uh 
you know, Edward B's, you know, I guess the complaints was that it's too woke. And I was like, you know, I, and this is 2021 and I'm looking at uh, Camila and I'm looking at the prince and the decisions that they make. And I almost sat there and I thought, man, was Kay Cannon writing this with Markle, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry in mind? A hundred percent. Now that you bring it up. Isn't this? Oh, my Think God. You can 100% see him being like, yes, dear. But just, I mean, it just, there were so many inconsistencies. There were so many, like, just, just the whole plot, like you, like you said earlier, Blake, it was just, the whole plot was like, let's get this from song to song to song. Yeah. And it almost would have been better if that's all they did. But the problem is, is they were saddled by this Cinderella concept and they just did not execute. It was like, okay, we want to do modern songs, a Cinderella musical. And they realized, oh shit, this is what we can afford the rights for. Well, I guess we got to go with it. And uh, the, the script suffered for it. And, and, like, and no, no character development. All, every person in there was so one-dimensional. I mean, the prince starts out as being the worst and is a different person by the end. I don't think that's true of anybody else. Yeah, the prince. The prince gives up uh, his hair to the his hairy. You know, you know, was it Harry? <laughs> he gives, he gives up his, his hairy throne. His hairy, his throne. His right to the throne to follow his princess, who wants to create her own way in the world and make dresses for the queen. And and he's and just going to go along no way with if it. you're the queen that you 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 can't be a, a fashion designer there's just that's just a stupid concept like oh i'm gonna be the queen but i won't be able to make dresses fuck you you're the queen yeah. make fucking right. dresses do whatever the hell you want you're the queen you can make your own dresses well it, you know i'm instead of being queen i'm gonna go work for somebody else and be a fashion designer it just it was just there was a lot of stupidity stupidity there's a lot of stupid decisions made by people there in was, this movie, yeah. this, just, it was just ridiculously dumb, just to just to See, fit into the plot that they had. And in, in my oh, okay, sorry, no, no, I've been talking a lot. Go ahead. I was gonna say, in my world, the Queen Gwen, Gwen, who honestly through the whole thing is like they gave her the most awkward and stilted lines ever. You know, it's like anytime but there's a, this whole thing driver, going on. Being mini driver, she still hit it out of the park, even with the lines they gave. She was one of the no, best. No, 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 no. Gwen, oh, Gwen I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sister. Oh, the little sister. The, the little sorry. sister, I'm yeah. Sorry. And, you know, like out of the booth, she's like, oh, hey, we want to talk about wind power. Now we're going to yeah. talk about this, that, and the other. I'm like, all right, this girl who has been chomping at the bit for royalty power for her entire life. All right. They made her queen in a heartbeat. Her brother and her dad are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I've played uh, Crusader Kings. We, I'm like, well, it was pretty funny how Pierce Brosnan points. was all like, "Please don't stab me." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Pierce Brosnan and Mini Driver were the best thing for me. Yeah, in this. Although Pierce Brosnan cannot sing. No, well, no, no. He, that's why it was funny. Like, no, you know what the good... thing is though? I will take True. it back because Pierce Brosnan, when he was in, I hate, to, I'm, I'm okay. I'm opening my heart to you. When he was in Mamma Mia, he he sang pretty damn well. Oh my. You will you'll get no judgment from me on ABBA. Oh, you, well, I'm uh, not on ABBA, ABBA, but you will get judgment from me on Mama Mia. I, I, I'm in I a house like, with three women. I have I mean, seen Mama Mia, and I yeah, like okay. ABBA, and That's I like musicals. Point. So, like, you don't have to sell that to me. I like ABBA, and I like musicals, and I live in a house with three women. I've still managed to not see. Yeah, that. but the three women in your house are nuts. <laughs> Yours aren't. <laughs> I know your they're, women. <laughs> they're not as nuts, but they're not not nuts. Touche, sir. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, when I was watching, I was like, even th- 
I don't know. I was entertained, but some of it was like, what are they going to do next? And I don't know if the next moment is going to work or if the next moment is going to be a baffling decision like James Corden's giant head on a rat body. <laughs> you know, you know that you know what I was thinking. I wasn't worried about that. I was thinking damn 40 going on 14 from clicking on this on Amazon so it gets another hit. <laughs> See, I was not sad that I watched this. And that was the thing is I probably won't watch it again. There are a couple of songs from this, that, like the two originals. I don't know that I'd add them to my iPod, but like I liked them. Yeah, I'm going to have to go delete White Stripes now. Oh, I was so sad when that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, this whole movie. I just, yes, this movie made me. It, it, it wasn't like it didn't anger me. It just kind of made me like, like wonder why. I mean, I was just the whole movie. I'm just like, what are we doing? It was bewildering <laughs> as, in many cases, and what, I think what, I liked it better than any of you guys. But I was bewildered. What, See, here, what are we doing as a podcast, and what are we doing as a society? <laughs> <laughs> See, here's my theory: is that this entire thing was actually an open air psych ward. This is actually a nut house. They've they they walled <laughs> off. It's kind of like the, the the movie The Village. I like that a lot better than yeah. I like that movie. Yeah. It's just it's just that this is like all these people. This is what's going on. Hey, you know we're living in a Ren fair world. Let's give them angle grinders <laughs> that they're just going to grind along the stairs for some yeah, reason. Yeah, why? What are you doing with these angle grinders? You're apparently just making sparks. And they could yeah. not decide what era they wanted to be in either. That mm-hmm. was another thing that really bugged me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a if you're going to cringe. Yeah. If you're going to do yourself and have a if you're going to do a period piece, do a period piece. Lock yourself in. If you're going to do a movie and you're going to do the wink and the nod because you know that you're cheesy, do that. Right. I do not agree with you because that says the Knight's Tale cannot exist. And a Knight's uh, Tale was amazing. That oh, is something I was shit. going to bring up because this movie reminded me a lot of a Knight's Tale. And I only saw the Knight's Tale in the theater and I hated it and I need to watch it again as an adult. To see if Josh, I still hate it. Because of that, I will rescind my statement. Knight's Tale is the one. And I can say that this, this was probably trying to say, hey, Knight's Tale was awesome. Moulin Rouge was awesome. Let's jam those together. And they just did so without any skill. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was there, there was there was not a deft hand that handled this. That's sure. Oh yeah, I can't say it was winning me over. The uh, more I got into the movie, and I was not sad that I watched it, but I'm not going to watch it again. Which is why I'm st- still struggling with whether I I have a final analysis, thumbs up or thumbs down. What were you saying, Blake? Oh, so I was about to say you 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 made a lot of references. Like it's Super Terp Zero Three. I've seen these movies. One out of ten stars. Moulin Rouge, Ella Enchanted, and Glee rolled into one, punched together with dance moves, though not well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this felt this felt like a movie by committee that mm. that was then filtered through James Corden's ego. Well, no, no, see, but that's the thing. It's like the original Cinderella was literally a movie by committee. It was done by nine guys. This was a movie done by one woman. And James Corden breathing down her neck, I'm sure. And James Corden breathing down her neck, apparently in the background. Don't you want to have me be a rat? I mean, I will admit that even even through my hatred of James Corden, he did make me laugh when he turned into a human. He's like, I need my tail to balance, and he fell down. That made me laugh. Mm -hmm. And it made made Lucy bark. Oh, the tail in the front. Yeah, I'm on my front tail. My front tail. Oh my god, jeez. 
go go pee it's fun I'm like oh jeez yeah i don't i don't even know what to do with that at i that was point. horrified with the cgi on the rats i know we talked about this right at the beginning but like when i saw the rats it was i was bewildered confused and laughing at like how like did they pay a high school student to animate these rats well they should have put some kind of rat in a motion capture suit they, they sh- I honestly have what? seen better. I've seen better animal CGI in like budget, like churn out we, YouTube channels. We saw better CGI in Doctor Doolittle. Truth. Oh shit, you're right. Though the CGI was not the problem with Doctor Doolittle. No, no, there were so many. There's other so problems. many problems. I will well, say, I, mean, it's a movie I enjoyed put out, this put, more than Doctor Doolittle. It's a movie put out at the exact same time, exact same whatever. You could talk, you could compare the CGI, and it was clearly better in Doolittle. On the yep. rats, at least. The, the Billy Porter scene was, was honestly my favorite part of the movie. Oh, speaking of which, um, so at one point I was like, I, I was letting uh, letting Lucy out, my dog, letting her out in the backyard, and my niece, my 13-year-old niece was sitting on the couch, and I was like, I'm watching this Cinderella movie. She goes, how is it? I'm like, it's really not good. I don't know who they made this for. You know, I was like, I was like as a matter of fact, I was like, come in here, and I was like, I'm going to show you my favorite scene, and I want you to tell me what your opinion is. I was like, and keep in mind, this is what I think is the best scene in the movie, and I showed her, I showed her the fairy godmother scene. And she, she liked it. You know, she's like, okay, that was not bad. She's like, the music was a little eh. And she didn't like the, you know, the, the cover song and everything because she knows the original song. And, um, she, she, but she was like, if that's the best scene, then I don't really want to watch this at all. And then I showed her the opening and she's like, no. And she just walked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I mean, it's not, it's not for preteens, obviously. I mean. uh, and it's not for, uh, uh, housewives or family because, like, when I put this on, <laughs> One at a time, they just kept filing out? Not one at a time. They all stood up at the same time and walked out. A mass exodus. They're like, you, we have watched a lot of shit for your podcast, Michael, but we are not living through this. Was it the Angle Grinders? It was the Angle Grinders. (laughs) It's crazy because they they never make reference to that level of technology until like almost the end of the movie where there's a random electric guitar being played. I know. It's like, wait a second. They're like Renfair World. Where do they get the Angle Grinders? Why do they have steel beams? And I hate the town crier. Uh, those scenes were bad. Like, I have no problem with updating certain things uh, with good hip-hop. Like, uh, Hamilton, in terms of, like, a big Broadway musical, it's one of my favorite musicals, and it's, like, half hip-hop. Uh, this is... It was awful. It was cringe the entire time the uh, Town Criers came out. Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. I, I just... You know, I just want to share this with you guys. You know, at 8.53, I posted from Kay Cannon. Oh, God, is there more singing? Singing, one hour and 52 minutes. One minute later, I post, damn you guys. (laughs) 8.56, another minute, two minutes later, I hate it already. Yeah, we were watching it about the same time. (laughs) And, And you notice, I stopped texting at that point. Because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And I, I won't lie, Kat. I won't lie that because I was worried that he's going to be like, We're, I'm not even doing this. I'm not getting on the show. <laughs> I took one. I took one for the team. I'm glad you persevered all the way through. I was even dedicated to the art. But no, it, it's kind of funny. I, I did laugh at the fact that the Disney uh, Cinderella actually had a warning for tobacco usage. Yeah. You know, there was no warning on this one saying you were prepared to suck. <laughs> I got a, like a TV 16 warning. This just, this just sucks. <laughs> yeah. That guy smokes one pipe 
and suddenly everybody's in up in arms. We got to know to notify you guys about this. This is just ass. <laughs> it was it was it was painful to watch, but I I went through it and I I couldn't I you know I, I tried to find the good stuff in it. Like you know, Mini Driver was good in it. Uh, a little bit of the, the her with you know as you guys talked about with Pierce was pretty good. But man, I I couldn't. I hated the characters. They're all one dimensional. The decisions they made was horrible. The dialogue was shitty. Jokes some some actually I I thought were were just tasteless and not even funny. And it was just a, it was just basically how many songs can we cram into uh, this Cinderella quote unquote story? Mm-hmm. And no, I and I could I I can only think of Meghan Markle. <laughs> i was like she wrote this with them in mind i think when she's like you know i i obviously inspiration that's funny i won't lie near the end of this i was like i'm I'm watching it and like they're singing like 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds skip 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 yeah <laughs> subtitle 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 i get the gist let's please end this I can always tell how much I'm into a movie by how many times I have to pause it and go do something before I finish it. When and Sarah this... and I watched this, we said it was going to take you a day and a half to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, literally about how long it took, yeah. I, I think I yeah. paused it a total of 12 times. Yikes. I was just hoping nobody would catch me watching it. Because I'd have to do a lot of explaining. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing this for, for he, friends. He's watching it with a VR set. Yes, this is... <laughs> This is before I told my wife we were doing Cinderella. She walked in on me after her soccer game. She'd be like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> There's something about you I should know. You're like, no, I swear I'm not watching Cinderella. I'm, I'm cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think we've kind of gotten our uh, our words out on this one. Yeah, I think we got to go to thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. So, uh, Blake, for the, the guests on the show, thumbs up, thumbs down for the then and the now. Then definitely thumbs up. Now, uh, two thumbs down. <laughs> wow, that's the first time we've had a two thumbs down. Yeah, well, I was going to say three thumbs down, but with, you know there are you know children that listen, right? Who cares? Wait, we can use multiple I... thumbs. That might actually make my decision easier. <laughs> Only the guests can. I'll use give one thumbs. thumb up for uh, Charlotte Spencer. I found both stepsisters just incredibly annoying. Yeah, I mean, I know they were supposed to be, so I mean, the kind of the point, but it was the kind of annoying that is like it's, this is not the kind of annoying that I'm kind of entranced by. It's the kind of annoying that I don't want to see you. Like Joffrey in Game of Thrones was annoying, but he was the good annoying. Like, you know, he's the kind that you want to watch. You want to hate. You want to this, you know, but these were just like, like, I'm like, please stop wasting my time. I don't want to see you. Yeah. Uh, like thumbs up the for movie. the original because I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. I mean, even though I didn't really care about it. And clearly, thumbs way down for the for this pile of crap. And the last thing I will say about this movie is the bald chick. What's with her head? Oh, oh, with the glitter on her head? Yeah. What was that? Gold slain wrap on her head. Gold foil. Like, just be bald. Like, you don't have to decorate your head. I'm like, I'm putting off my decision. Yeah, get get, get yours. I'm running. Uh, out of I'm time, going but... thumbs up, thumbs down. There you go. Okay. Well, wait, way to give him a lot of time. <laughs> I'm going with <laughs> thumbs up on the original because it definitely uh, was above my opinion. From, like, I didn't like it as a kid, and it changed my mind. It's still not going to be one of my favorite Disney flicks that I go back to. I may never watch it again. I might watch it once. 
And if Patrick is declaring that I cannot use multiple thumbs, I was going to go with the unprecedented one thumb up, one thumb down. <laughs> I'm going to have to go thumbs up because I was, oh. at least, I was at least entertained for the entire two hours wondering what was going to happen next, whether I was going <laughs> to like the song or whether I was just going to be baffled by the choices. Yeah, but if you're watching a train wreck, you can't be like, oh, I can't wait to see what's going to crash next. Except I was. That's the thing, is I was not looking at my phone. I was not pausing it. I was eyes on the screen for two whole solid hours. And to me, that plus the fact that I actually liked every single song, even though I hated the script, hated quite a bit of the acting, but I found several of the actors charming, and I was in trance for two hours. So I think I have to give it a thumbs up. I yeah. would disagree, but respect your decision. It's a very qualified thumbs up, but it, yeah. I think that's what it comes yes. down as for me. I halfway yeah. agree with Mike. I disagree. <laughs> the contrarian, the so contrarian makes it interesting. If you've got your thoughts about uh, anything we've talked about tonight or the rest of September, uh, give us a call. Let us know. 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And if you're uh, looking for our back catalog of shows, you can find them at your favorite podcast app as Pon, Pod, Pon, Ring. Podbean or Pan- pun 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 uh, or Pandora. You can give us a thumbs up over there. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Amazon Podcasts, and uh, you can support the show by going through the Kofi link at the show notes and help us keep the hosting costs at bay. So, tell me a little bit more about the history of bad ideas. Not a history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And the other the other thing is, you know, uh, when I was thinking about Meghan Markle, uh, if you don't want to listen to horrible uh, imitations of Meghan Markle, then uh, the, the podcast is not for you because Jason thinks it's his best thing ever. Oof. Meghan, Meghan Markle, Markle is his go to. Huh. Well, Joel's is Woody right. Allen. He's, uh, he's yeah. got a point there. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, yeah, you know, uh, it's always fun uh, working with you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me uh, sub in September. Well, no, thank here. you for being here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, strong, strong finish. Aside from the Cinderella, <laughs> it's a Cinderella story. Yeah, oh, this is normally where I'd be like, "Hey, Joel, what are we doing next?" And the answer is, we don't know. Well, uh, what's we coming? Know. Do we? It's October. Oh, October. October. Yeah, we're doing oh, four I weeks you're doing the craft. Damn you, yeah. Mike. <laughs> we're doing Octoboo. We've got everything from uh, what's on the list. We've got uh, Candyman. We've got uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yep. Got a bunch Ooh. of stuff. Yeah, we haven't this. decided on the exact lineup because I think uh, Joel, as our resident horror expert, gave those... us like a small <laughs> smorgasbord to pick from. Yeah, those mm-hmm. two are definitely part of the four, though. Yes. Yeah. Rosemary's 100%. Baby and Candyman. Yeah. Assuming we, we, we can get a hold of Candyman before the end. That might be our fourth show <laughs> trying to find a... Because I'm not going to see it in the theater. Yeah, well, yeah you guys got the, the craft and the craft legacy with that Nicholas yes. sign. See? Prince Robert. There you go. Yeah. We don't I mean we don't we don't give Joel a lot of choice during the rest of the rest of the year, but in October we're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> That's his thing. Like if we did a video games month, I would be insisting on having a loud voice there. A hundred percent. All right. So if uh you guys would like to uh visit us again, I already said all this stuff. God damn, it's been a long night. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Go listen to the history of bad ideas. It's a great show. Thank you.
Yeah, I don't I don't know letters 